You are now tuned into the tribe, where we share our passion in reviewing music and give you opinions you didn't ask for. I'm your co-host, Dylan, along with fellow co-hosts, Denzel and Marone. Make sure to follow the tempo of our show today. everybody i'm your host dylan i know you just heard me in the intro but uh, i'm here again guys introduce yourselves please i'm famous now bro you can introduce me what do you mean bro podcast popping off yeah famous only to your girl (laughs) (laughs) um and and it's denzel here as usual um thank you guys so much for your support um for episode one we'd love to hear it well guys we made it Round of applause for ourselves. Out of this the storm. Yeah, no, 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 I don't want to talk about it. We our asses off and we could have died. Oh, that's fun. But, uh, you know, together we made it. Shout out Lincoln Park. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I can tell you grew up in the early 2000s. I'm dead. I'm just flabbergasted and just astounded. But I'm not surprised by how our government prepared or lack thereof as far as uh, the winter storm. All right. Well, yeah, speaking of the winter storm, uh, so, yeah, for those who don't know, we all live in Texas at currently, uh, South Texas. So, actually, us, Denzel, we had warmer weather compared to our friends up north mm-hmm. in Dallas. So, we, you know, I, I know you guys both have family in Dallas. I have family. Yeah. I, I think we should talk a little bit about the Texas storm because it's easy to just write it off as uh, Republicans don't know what they're doing, which is true. And that Ted Cruz blames his children, which he always does, or his family <laughs> members, his wife. So I'm going to quickly go over, uh, if you guys don't mind, what I read through uh, in the Texas power outage of the last two weeks. So February 15th through the 19th, whatever, 17th. Pretty devastating. And it's a really interesting story. So I went through two really good uh, resources. So for those who want to look it up, um, I went through the uh, CNET. CNET was one one website that talked about the Texas power outages back in February uh, February 19th. That's a good article. And then the really nice, heavy one that I saw was on Texas monthly which wrote about it texas monthly uh specifically goes over like certain cause and effects and different corporations and not corporations but different politicians and how they're all corrupt basically Mm -hmm. so real quick i want to shout out a couple fundraising efforts so if you guys if anyone listening is able to provide uh i know denzel you were really worried about the homeless population specifically during that during the freeze the deep freezes Mm -hmm. and it was was really messed up because there was not the animals and the animals yeah, pet shelters, especially in Austin, I found. So I'm going to name a few from USA Today. They talked about uh, Feeding Texas, a food bank network, Bread of Life Incorporated for H-Town, uh, uh, Queen Bay had um, helped with that, Front Steps in Austin, Feed the People in Dallas, Free Lunch in Austin, and the Red Cross and Salvation Army. So those are really good resources for those who, if you made money off GameStop or whatever you've been up to lately, if you have some despair, whatever you can share, share, you know, share I think those are good resources to go with. Also, South Alamo Regional Alliance for the Homeless, Sarah. So, real quick, what happened in Texas this week, or a couple weeks ago? Uh, ERCOT, which is called the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, they're basically the power grid managers for the state of Texas. Texas is unique in that they have a power grid that is um, independent of both the East and the West Coast, so they don't share with anybody, except for Mexico sometimes, which is interesting. Greedy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, greed is actually a really good point, Dylan. So the point is that, they control they, they there's no really like regulation and they control um how they are uh winterizing whether or not they prepare for anything so 
But it's not all of Texas that's that's under ERCOT, right? It's just more majority of Texas. I believe it's the majority of Texas. I thought it was all of Texas. So no, no. Okay, uh, I think El Paso is west. It's like it's on the west U.S. power grid. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I didn't know. So the the articles I read were mainly blaming ERCOT, or they were talking mainly to ERCOT because that's where the, the outages were at. So thank you guys. So four million four million less of power. Forty percent of generators were out. Uh, temperatures were down in the teens by Monday, uh, February fifteenth, right after Valentine's Day, and. Generators froze, so natural gas froze, couldn't get through, and 61% of the energy that was lost was from gas, nuclear, and coal. That doesn't include wind and solar. But that's what a uh, wheelchair governor said. <laughs> uh, wheelchair they, governor. <laughs> he's like Drake's cousin. Am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? So <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're, you're, you're actually correct. So he's correct in that, uh, well, the governor was correct in that there were some frozen turbines, but they mm-hmm. weren't all frozen. Mm-hmm. And also the ones that were working were outperforming how ERCOT believed they were. So that was a really, mm. so you got to be careful with the facts on that one. Um, yeah. So there's no regulation for the, for the gas that went off. Uh, there was blackouts. The blackouts were controlled by ERCOT. Um, really called it rolling blackouts. But like Denzel, for example, you lost power for more than, I think for a day, right? A little bit, like around 30 hours or so. Yeah, we lost 12 hours of power. There was places in downtown Houston, for example, that were lit up like Christmas trees. The whole fucking skyline, Marone. The whole fucking <laughs> skyline was lit up in Houston and Dallas. In, I saw it. in Dallas, the Highland Park area was lit up like a storm. In, in Dallas, Highland Park, all the rich near areas of Dallas were perfectly fine. They never lost power once, I swear to you. Inequality for all to see, but sorry for I'm not sorry for getting wrong. Though. Nah, man, yeah. it's you gotta do what you gotta do because this is yeah. some serious shit. So let me let me let me hype you up a little bit more. Let me let me uh, rally up a little bit more. So back in first of all, there was three similar power outages due to like winter storms in Texas, right? I've, I I came here in 2013, but 1989, 2003, and specifically 2011, where there was actually suggested legislation that ERCOT had to winterizing to get things prepared. They were all ignored because this is a free market, quote unquote, for the energy. But back in November, they checked in November and they still decided not to do anything. Um, and 40% power was still out. So the main issues that Texas Monthly uh, article said was that Texas wants to be cheap and profitable with the energy. Uh, and number two is that they have terrible forecasting. Denzel, the way they forecast is like, literally, this is how it was said in the article. They look in the past and they're just like, well, it's happened before, or it hasn't happened before, so we should be okay. They don't, they don't incorporate climate change at all. And this that's is ridiculous. this is one of the biggest oversights. Hold on, it was not surprising because that's the that's the whole mantra, the whole belief of that. <laughs> they don't believe in climate change. That's that's their mo. Yep, that's ridiculous. That's utterly <laughs> ridiculous. These power outages. It was just how you can know, you. Right. Even if you don't believe, exactly, Dylan, you're right. Because even if they don't believe, but even if you don't believe in Mm -hmm. that, you were suggested multiple times by the the state was suggested multiple times to winterize their stuff, to get the pipes warmed up, to properly uh, handled all these things. And they just, they didn't, they didn't even winterize their windmills. The windmills work in Siberia with lower temperatures than the ones in Texas. Texas was in the teens, bro. Makes so much sense. It's incredible. Baffles me. Half the wind turbines were still working and they overperformed. Um, yeah, so 2011 is a really important date. In February 2011, they decided not to do anything about it. Interesting. Yeah, so you need to keep that in mind. So Representative Crenshaw, keep him, keep, keep him in mind when, during elections. Governor Abbott, keep him in mind during elections. Ted Cruz, ignore him. He's a lizard person. <laughs> <laughs> Looks kind of like one too, but all right. Lizard man. Blaming his daughters for it. <laughs> <laughs> lizard man right here. I, have, I just have one thing to say, one uh, factoid to say. 
uh, from the Texas Tribune, uh, which is a very good source of information if you uh, want to follow Texas news. They say Texas's power grid was seconds and minutes. Yeah. Seconds and minutes. I think it was about five minutes. From a catastrophic failure that could have left Texans in the dark for months. Imagine that. Yeah. Not weeks. Yeah. Months. My ass would have been out of Texas, bro. Fuck this. Seconds and minutes. But that's all that's that's all I have to say. As far as individual experience going through this power outage, I, it didn't yeah. affect me as much uh, as me and Marone were uh, without power for however many hours. About like, 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hours. So it wasn't that bad. Um, the only thing that was bad is that we didn't have a lot of running water the whole week. Mm. Yeah, it was water pressure. Water. water pressure is really low. It was really hard to use a restroom. They remember the Denzel. They're like, uh, "There's a boil water notice," and the people were like, "We don't have electricity or water to boil." It makes sense, right? <laughs> it makes total sense, right? Also, last thing on the history is that George W. Bush was the one that deregulated when he was governor of Texas. Hmm. So, if you have issues with the deregulation of energy in the state of Texas when it comes to fossil fuel, natural gas. It was Bush Jr. Just keep that in mind when you're at the oh, but, but I thought I thought he was a nice guy. I mean, he paints. They're all oh. they're all nice guys. All the politicians, most of them are. But if if you don't care about war crimes or your um, you know, oh, also the the people that um the people that oversee ERCOT. So it's easy to blame ERCOT, but the overseers of ERCOT are appointed by the governor, and a lot of those people that are. Huh. At- oh, wait, Some, something's clicking here. Something makes sense, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, mm. so mm, okay. Yeah. And Abbott saying, oh, he wanted to, oh, no, sorry, wheelchair governor, let me correct myself, uh, wanted to put an, invest- an investigation in into ERCOT, but that's, but okay, I mean, I digress, I digress. Yeah, and also the board members are tied to energy industries, so mm-hmm. just keep all that, keep all that yeah. in mind. If, I, if you guys take anyway, anything away from this is that take care of yourself and your neighbors, your government will not help you. I'm not even a libertarian, I'm just being honest. And um, mm-hmm. always look, always follow the money, no matter what you're looking at. Always follow the money. If you're in, in, in politics, if you're in economics, if you're in business, whatever you're doing, just where, who is connected mm-hmm. to who, who, who's being lobbied, all that stuff is really important. So I, we pray for everybody who's a, who got affected by the winter storm. It was a big deal in the state specifically, but it hit all over the U.S. Please follow those resources if you want to help anybody uh, for, uh, for volunteering, for, for charity. So dude, let's do our part, man. Because again, these people do not care about us. They will not look out for us. They have so much contempt. Whether or not you're a Trump supporter, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you support. They don't care about you. Mm-hmm. And I think the, and I think, and I think. Oh, sorry. And I think I'm going to add one last comment to that. The charges for the winter storm are supposed to exceed the damages um, caused by Hurricane Katrina. I think it was like one. I said 19 billion. It's passed. It's going to be over 19 billion dollars in chart in a recovery for the winter storm. Really? Wow. Is it from like all the all the pipe bursts? Pipe burst. Um, you know, people were displaced in their homes. You know, all the catastrophic uh, results of the winter storm. So yeah, it's gonna take a while for it to recover. I mean, like I said, I had people who had had their pipes burst, and it costs easily seventy k just to fix them. Yeah, that's so sick. That's that's yeah. nasty. And the government's not gonna pay for it, right? But I do want to uh, shout out the best politician in the game right now. Uh, our resident AOC, AOC, Alexandria Oscario Cortez. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Republican senators failed, uh, Democratic senators uh, stepped up. Congresswoman. Oh, so, yeah, Congresswoman. My bad. Why are you predicting the future, but okay, you? Well, whatever, whatever. I mean, she, she might be president. Our future president. Twenty twenty. Yeah, through as far as uh, donating water and helping uh, raise money 
for the community and for uh, organizations helping out. So yeah. shout out to them. Uh, but I, I think um, it's easy. It's easy to like simplify like the politics of today of being like Republicans are idiots, Democrats are always doing the right thing. But that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's his politics. Something's going on right now. That's that's basically that's the same statement you're mentioning. Yeah, uh, Mr. Biden. Ah, hmm. uh, are you mad? You big mad? No, that's no. a little bit, but we'll we'll talk about that another day. Well, we're we gonna talk about this uh, Kimye divorce. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to uh, take a bathroom break. <laughs> I mean, what, what? That's your dog, bro. That's my dog. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I hope he gets his help he needs because he needs yeah. he needs to get the help he needs, like legitimately. But everyone he's surrounded by yes men, so. Oh yeah, most definitely. Like especially uh, Mr. Uh, Chance the Rapper, but whatever. Okay. We're coming up to that. Don't worry. I was gonna say with the, with the Yates stuff. I, I always I don't know people who have romantic partners that have mental dis- like or disorders. If that's like what he because he is diagnosed with that, so I I don't want to put any kind of blame or hype on her. Like I I only can assume because everything's in the public. You can only assume that she's tried. But like if he's a full grown adult who's a, almost a billionaire, like he's gonna and he's super famous. He's gonna do whatever he wants. So I never really tried. She seemed like she was supportive in public. Yeah, right. So, right. For me, from the outside looking in, I think she did her part. I think she tried her best. And if she felt like it was time to move on, it's time to move on. And other people's marriages is not my business. You don't really know what's going on behind the scenes 100% unless one of them comes out with a full tell-all and with a... It's time to check the rhyme. And we are going to be delving into the rise and fall of Mr. Chancellor Bennett, Chance the Rapper. And I want to alley it up to our resident uh, Chance fan on this Temple Tribe group. So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, my guy. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so I want to talk about Mr. Chance the Rapper, known as Chano, Chance. Little Chano from the 79th. Real name, Chancellor Bennett, but many of you probably know him better as Chance the Rapper. Brother to Taylor Bennett, also known as a also a rapper. Um, I do, I think I like Taylor Bennett a little bit more, Chance, but what am I saying? I'm just putting my side opinions out there. Um, I definitely recommend you guys check his projects out. So, Chicago-born rapper from Philanthropist. So, when he started his philanthropy, he started a philanthropy called Social Works in 2016. Um, it was aimed to empower the youth through arts, as well as education and civic engagement. And it's done pretty well from what, I, from what I've seen, and we can talk about that a little bit later down the line, possibly. Um, so he's, he's a man of that famous ad-lib, as you heard me say in the beginning of this podcast. The ah, ah, But it's spelled I-G-H, which I never knew. I thought it was like A-C-K for some reason. It don't matter. It do not matter. <laughs> it's A-C-K. It's other people. <laughs> I feel like you want to say something about this. I have nothing to say. It's an onomatopoeia, right? <laughs> Go off, my guy. So, as Dylan said, we are here today to talk about the rise and fall of Chance the Rapper. Um, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say this sounds like a, Denzel, this sounds like a funeral. We are gathered here today. <laughs> the rise and fall of Chance. Just sorry. <laughs> uh, and for many of the residual hardcore Chance fan, not not including myself anymore. Since when? Since when? I'm kidding. I'm really kidding with myself, though. I was never a, really a hardcore fan of him. So, he is known as, as well as a, a disciple of Kanye West among the Twitterverse. 
So he has done notable things in his career, you know, performing at the White House under Barack Obama, working on The Life of Pablo with Kanye West, guest starred on Sesame Street, went on SNL multitudes of times. I've never seen someone go on SNL so many times. And he, he, you remember, like, there was a period of time when he was going, like, six or seven times easily. Six or seven, maybe a lot. I don't know because I haven't researched that. But he was, I know he was on SNL multiple times. And also Ellen, too. Mm-hmm, yeah, and Ellen. Um, he did features upon features for artists such as Childish Gambino, Action Bronson, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, as I said before, and literally led a cult of individuals wearing the three the three cap. Literally, I saw that everywhere in college. It was insane. I mean, that was a Christian school. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Um, so, uh, Chance's mixtapes, you know, brought the energy to hip hop, and that was, a, I guess, that was a little bit different. Was like a little bit of a different flair into the game, uh, with his notable mixtape, you know, coloring, but becoming the Grammy winner. Uh, his and even his famous holiday mixtape, no one really talks about. Uh, Merry Christmas, Little Mama with Jeremiah, is still played in the holiday season to this day. You know, um, songs such as like Ultralight Beam by Kanye West on the Life of Pablo included the famous lyrics. You know, I met Kanye West and I'm never going to fail. At that point, it felt like his rise of fame was actually realistic when he said that. You know, here we are now. So we're going to start with the first section, you know, looking over his his era from between 10 Day to Acid Rap. 10 Day, I mean, what y'all think about 10 Day? I just want to hear y'all's opinions on it. Like, when you, you remember when you first heard it? Yes, I do. And it was uh, after I listened to Acid Rap because <laughs> yeah, it was actually the first time I heard Chance. But then when I went, when I was fiending for some more Chance, I listened to 10 Day uh, on SoundCloud. And uh, <laughs> yes, it was great. Wasn't as uh, hard hitting as Acid Rap, of course, because he was just getting his feet wet in the rap game. But you can tell he had flair, he had talent, he had pizzazz, he had. Uh, quirkiness mm-hmm. in this game with a little bit of a uh, street uh, street smarts embedded authentic. into yeah embedded into and then uh, he also rapped about his uh, suspension and the ten day course because you know, ten day uh, and I, I'm of the mindset he made the mixtape in a short amount of time as well uh, <laughs> I think so <laughs> but yeah it was. I think uh, one of the things that stood out to me as far as uh, his rap and style, it was effortless, it was effortless how he wrote the beat. Uh, 14, 400 minutes, brain cells, you got me fucked up, to name a few. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, what also drew me to Chance is, and it's not just Tenda, you can say that in Acid Rap and Coloring Book too. He had a lot of lyrics you can relate to, nostalgic lyrics. Uh, I mean, there was one song called Nostalgia. <laughs> so, and there's Windows 2 and Family as well, which mm-hmm. is probably involved on that uh, uh, mixtape. The so. beat on Windows. The beat on Windows is fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And not just Windows. A lot of great beats on 10 Day 2. So, yeah, 10 Day for me is uh, really good. It's a really it's a really good start as far as his rap career is concerned. Yeah, that was, that was definitely downloading that off of Dappiff, Dappiff.com. Mm-hmm. That was a plug. Yeah, <laughs> world premiere. World premiere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree uh, with Dylan, man. Yeah, the, Ten Day was a really good uh, intro. Um, I actually heard Chance first when he was on with uh, Gambino for um, favorite song. You remember that? Oh yeah, answer, right? yeah, yeah favorite song. song. Yeah. I was like, who's this kid? And then I went back because I was it was actually on the uh, Modern War. It was on uh, the Black Okage. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember. He used to do that at the end of videos before he got copyright shit. Uh, <laughs> you would put, at the end of videos, he would put a uh, music like. Different music. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard yeah. a lot of new guys from him, and that one was a uh, chance. So, yeah, mm. going back to 
Anthony is a really good project, but he felt like a kid for sure. He felt oh, like definitely. A oh, for sure. And he was goofy, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And a lot of my friends who did or did not do drugs, I can neither confirm nor deny, really enjoyed his music uh, and concerts and stuff like that. So, yeah, he, he definitely was writing a really cool indie. I would say, I don't know if you'd say that, Denzel, but like an indie wave. I mean, I would say he definitely is a rapper who rode that indie wave. I mean, he never signed with anyone. I mean, he made a whole song about not signing with anyone. <laughs> but he was on the podcast, and he was talking about that, but they were kind of alluding to him being backed by, like, Apple. And stuff like, that. like, he has, he has like, he's a mixtape rapper, and he's never had a really an album, but he has had backing in the industry. Like, he does have, I think he might be related to people. So does that, does that count as being by a label, then? I'm not sure. Like, if you're being backed by a company. People say that about J. Cole, too. It's like, Cole's a mixtape rapper for a long time, but he had... He had backing. Like, like he gets Rock Nation, right? Yeah, even before Rock Yeah, Rock Nation for sure. Yeah, before his first album. Like, he was getting pushed. But anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Like from there, maybe he's just such a good guy in the studio, or maybe he's a good guy in the rap game that uh, he's pretty easy to work with. So as a independent rapper coming up, which is very hard to do, by the way, um, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Dylan. Like I never, I didn't listen to Ten Day till after I till after uh, Astor Up as well. Um, I didn't even listen to Surf until after uh till I think when Coloring Book came out. That's why I started. Listen, that's why I listened to Surf after Coloring Book came out. Um, I think some of my favorite songs off of Ten Day were Brain Cells, "Fuck You Talking About," and uh, "Hey Ma." Those are my top three at least. Um. I don't have much more to say about this tape other than, like you said, you guys said it was just kind of a segue into his fame as Chance the Rapper. And so after this, I wanted to proceed into the next album, an album that many people say is probably his best work he's ever created in his career, Acid Rap. Yeah, you say album because... Sorry, mixtape. My apologies. No, I'm saying you're correct because, again, I want to I wanna have a debate with the <laughs> It's a mixtape, especially in the streaming era, because Meg Thee Stallion has released a bunch of albums, which she keeps calling them mixtapes, but she's making money off of them anyway. So <laughs> I'm not hating, uh, not pocket watching. So yeah, I think uh, Acid Rap is definitely fa- fantastic. I won't speak much on it. I think it was, it was a great album. Uh, it really it brought a lot of kids in. I think it was super relatable to what Dylan was talking about. Dylan was talking about like he he was talking about things that people really care about. Um, I don't remember. Cocoa Butter Kisses is probably my favorite track. Mm. <laughs> Definitely, uh, I agree with that. Smoke again, like it's just like you, you can go through the track, like there's really no skips, and uh, not at all, the, no skips. Yeah, Pusha Man is probably one of my favorite because he was. If you want to talk about a Chicago rapper that really cares about, like you know, we talked about together about like our favorite rappers. Uh, one of my favorites was of course Tupac, mm-hmm. uh, his outgoing lyrics and like how he talks about his community. Like a, a drill rap. Remember, this is 2013, so a drill rapper talking about violence in the summer. He can't even go outside, mm-hmm. and, like he's losing friends. Mm-hmm. It's really poignant. So yeah, I like I like to I like acid rap. That's one of my favorite work from him. So yeah, I like it. Denzel. You say a lot of people say acid rap is Chance's best work. I'm one of those people. Yes, acid was definitely his best work. Uh, a lot of Jay Dilla influence mm. as far as the beats. Mm. And uh, I didn't mention this in Ten Day. The album cover where Ten Day he's looking up in the sky and then. As a rap, he's looking right at the. I feel like that's interpreted as he's staring at the game. He's looking. <clears throat> he's he's right in the uh, staring rap right in the face. That's that's. Oh, I, I like that. I like that. Maybe if, if you're talking about the acid, but um, one of the best intros I've ever heard. Good ass intro. Uh, 
great, great song. Uh, outro is good too. Everything is in my head right now. And you were talking about the imagery and uh, his street rap and uh, rapping about the summer mm-hmm. and how you know crime rises in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you meet someone one day, they're gone the next day. So goes uh, South Side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Paranoia, uh, Juice, Acid Rain yeah. is those tracks where he uh, provided that imagery and is something that pulls you in. It's just like, damn. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Lost <laughs> featuring No Name. Lost featuring No Name. That's crazy. That's yeah. a No Name. That's yeah. right. Smoke Again. Yeah. And I think with this mixtape, he started incorporating a lot more soul mm-hmm. in uh, how he rapped, uh, how he delivered his bars and uh, the production as well. Does soul so. equal gospel? Is soul gospel? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Acerap. Definitely his best work, I would say. I totally agree. Acerap is definitely his best work, in my opinion, as well. You know, there was a period of time when Coloring Book dropped, and I thought to myself, is this better than Acerap? And I almost thought it was at one point, just because at the time it came out, you know, it was more of like the, I feel it was more of the hype. You know what I'm saying? You know, when he dropped Coloring Book, it was like the hype was so big. That I was like, man, this album. It's fire. It's what it is. But no, Asabrap. If you listen to all the, t- I, I literally cannot skip any song on that on the album once you play it through straight. Um, some of my favorite uh, notable songs I like: Good Ass Intro, Push a Man, Acid Rain, Cocoa Butter Kisses, Juice, Lost, and Smoke Again. So I want to progress into the social experiment time after he dropped Asabrap. I don't know too much about it because I did not listen to this album until. Coloring book came out, so Marone, you probably are the best person who can probably talk about. It. Yeah, for sure, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I, I mean, I, I thought Sunday Candy was the best song on the album. Obviously, everyone likes Sunday Candy, but I just want to see if there's any other notable songs you remember on the album because I honestly have not heard the album too much. Off the top of my head, no, because the social experiment. I, I listened to it a while ago. This is when uh, one of my homies was graduating. This is when Ron was leaving. Mm-hmm. Was when Ron was here, we because we it was right after. Um, coloring book right so we were really desperate for a chance to music and the only thing he had he came out was with social experiment which is a group he has with donnie trumpet which is a really really good is it frontier? Mm-hmm. so that yes. yeah he he had really good solos on that on that project it was really light on lyrics it was really just sunday candy and some other stuff so it was if you want to talk about like the lyrical chance that we liked from acid rap from coloring book eh, it wasn't really there that i can remember but it was still it was still definitely a vibe like you write and it's definitely it was definitely a vibe in a, in a half for sure but it was not. It was not a. It wasn't a lyrical project. So for me, it was more forgettable, in my opinion. It was. It was very happy and wholesome. Happy and wholesome, yeah. Which which really did lead into his future work. So it's like it makes perfect sense because he, especially the features around that time, he was less grungy and drug happy and. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe he in, at that time he was starting to, veer more into the family life. Right. And, I think I saw, I think I read an article or watched a video where he meant, they mentioned that when Chance did acid rap, he wasn't on acid for majority of it. I think it was like about 30% of the album creation process. He was on some sort of a on some, some mind altering drug. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's uh, the social experiment. I want to say going into the family. And I, I feel like once he started uh, being more serious about his family and Wanted, wanted to take care of his kid. And also, uh, that could also tie into, this is the lane he wanted to be in. He wanted to start acting more like himself as, uh, in the music 
realm. Mm-hmm. So not not more so the stripped down lyrics, but mm-hmm. just uh, bringing in more instruments, bringing in more soul, bringing in more, I guess, melodies is how I would describe mm-hmm. it. Okay. Uh, this, yeah, this, this is a theory for me. I think it was maybe a little bit more experimental, but it's, it was also the social experience. So it was kind of like a band thing. It's how right, right. Was chance, even though he was the main draw, it was uh, Donnie Trumpet and uh, a whole host of others. Yeah, and this album dropped in uh, 2015, if I remember correctly. Man, it's crazy. Right, 2015. But coloring book was before this, right? I think coloring no, book. Coloring, coloring book came after. Coloring Book was 2016. Yeah, 2016, they, bro. Yeah, Coloring Book was out on that pit for a minute, and then they took it off, and then they sold it. Oh, they did? Oh, really? They did? The yeah, official so. release of Coloring Book is 2016, I, I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because that year, there wasn't that many great albums coming out. So That's when y'all graduated, right? 2016? Yeah. Yes. What a year. ASA Weekend. Never forget. Following, I, I honestly believe that Social Experiment was kind of like that sort of that bridge for coloring book, you know, and just a sense of like, you know, the social experiment surf, the album surf was described as very happy, wholesome, as I quoted earlier, you know, the the fact that now we're reaching coloring book, a lot of the songs that you know in the album compared to acid rap, they were a lot more, you know, upbeat, more of that. That's when you hit that gospel, you know, that's when you hit the gospel vibes. And, you know, it's funny, a crazy time before uh, the reason why it's possibly gospel is because, Whenever that was like, I think right before, right during, whenever his uh, daughter was born, right, his uh, first child, and so apparently, when I did the research on this, his daughter was born with a heart condition. Prayed to God, and she significantly got better. And following this, that's where there's a feel like there's this trend where Chance kind of changed into this man of God type energy, you know. And so as a result, I don't know if this is before or, uh, before coloring book or during coloring book. But that was something I noticed that was kind of like an interesting transition to where he is now. Some of the most notable songs, you know, Coloring Book, the Grammy-winning mixtape. I still find it crazy to win a Grammy. I mean, I think it's just with the hype and just the timing of which it came out. Because in 2016, as you said, there wasn't that many good albums that came out that year. I mean, or tapes. I keep confusing albums with tapes. It's whatever. Um, but some of my most notable songs in the album, obviously, you know, No Problem. Everyone's heard No Problem. It was in the clubs. It was everywhere. It was ever. You put it for us like every person in um in uh, Scruffs would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, I got hyped to that song too. I'm not even gonna lie to it. I'm not gonna lie about it. <laughs> um, there was blessings. There were same drugs. Angels. Angels is probably one of my favorite songs on the tape. Just because the Saba's feature was ridiculous, and you know, Ooh. just talking about the the children who get who get killed in Chicago daily. It's ridiculous. Like Chicago violence. It's an it's significantly crazy, you know. Um, do you guys do your research on that? Because it's very terrifying to hear about it, and it still continues to this day. Um, mixtape is also a good one, and Smoke Break is also a good one. Um, so whenever no, whenever I, I'm trying to remember, you know, when that music video for No Problem dropped, do you guys remember where you guys were at? Not at all. Not right. at all. It's not. It is not. Uh, what's the word? Uh, it's not that memorable. It's not that memorable. I'm sorry. No, that's okay because I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah, but this this was the this was one of the genres that the growing genre of like hip hop gospel music. You know, this is where Chance kind of made that that transition to that Christian 
the man who was a good guy, the good neighbor, you know, almost like Mr. Rogers type vibes, you know. Um, and that was whenever that diff- there was a different there's a divide between the chance from Ten Day and Acerap to Coloring Book chance, you know. And then wait, 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 wait. Denzel, Denzel, real quick with um, sorry, with um, Coloring Book, I felt like that was a very commercial. That I didn't like that album that much because it felt very commercial to me. I don't know how you guys feel. It felt like he was a bunch of dudes in the studio, suits in the studio with him being like, this is what's going to pop. Like when he had Bieber on, I was like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to be biased towards that right, guy. Right. Or the, but it, just, it didn't feel like the dude that we were listening to for the past four years, three mm-hmm. years. This guy, is, uh, he's corporate. It feels like he was corporate. If, that's what I'm saying. Like I felt like he had like a big industry push. Even though that album is considered a mixtape, it's clearly clearly an album. Like It's a, it's a mixtape. Technically, it's a mixtape. And if you want to talk about mixtape legends... Is a mixtape that won a Grammy for best rap album. Has has that ever happened in history? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not caping for Coloring Book because Coloring Book. I'm trying to think of Drake. I thought Drake won for So Far Gone. Did he? No, he, no, he didn't. No, he, he only won for Take Care. Ah. Yeah, it, it did get nominated. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I, uh, you t- Acid Rap, Ten Day, Coloring Book, mm-hmm. all mixtapes. Not all of them great. Ten Day and Acid Rap is great. Coloring Book is good in my opinion. I also think it's uh, a little groundbreaking, yeah. in my opinion, because the way he used soul, rap, gospel, uh, I don't think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He had but a really good production. I'm not even going to lie about that. A rapper who started from like the street mm-hmm. uh, classroom type rap into and mixing all that with gospel. What, Denzel, what does his dad do? What does his dad do? His dad used to work on... He used to work with President Barack Obama back in the day. His dad, and 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 I don't know what he was. I think he worked in in the, in the election process in the election office with and alongside President Obama. But currently, his dad is essentially his dad and his brother are essentially his managers right now. And I will explain why they are yeah, later yeah, down the line. Let me say just a few more things about uh, Color and Book as far as the actual album. Mm-hmm. A lot of I, I want also want to. Uh, respond to your industry uh, take on the album. He's it, a it plant. Was, it was a. It, it definitely was an industry motivated, heavy influenced album, and this kind of ties in into his former manager as well because he was trying to get a chance to work with uh, bigger artists. Mm-hmm. So and into this whole like cycle, and it was just like a really set schedule into who he would work with and how long you know the. Uh, how do you say the sessions were so i would say that's why the vibe of that album was like that but i still think it was a pretty good you still had more nostalgic raps as far as summer friends i think that's a good song juke jam with justin bieber uh, don't hate on the beeps that was a good song <laughs> smoke break i think that's one of the uh, future's best uh verses mm. like of all time <laughs> and people sleep on that song i think that's a good it song it's a good song i mean also, another good intro. I think, I think he did a pretty good job following up good ass intro from Acid Rap because I think all we got is a pretty good intro. Mm-hmm. And then there's the gospel type raps, which I please do not lie, listeners, do not lie. You did bump this when you drove to Sunday when you drove to Sunday church. You bump blessings. You bump finish line. You bump drown. You bump angels. Oh, I, oh, I bump it when I'm not going to church at all because <laughs> that's right, Denzel. I'm being <laughs> no. honest. I'm just saying, you wanted to still have that, oh, well, I don't really go <laughs> to church today, but I feel like I'm going to church today. <laughs> when you're at the club, but you're at church. Uh, type energy. 
Yeah, that's all I want to say about Color and Book. Really good album. Um, that year, because there weren't really a lot of albums that came out, I did deserve a Grammy. So, but that's all I want to say on that. That was that was a good one, Dylan. I like that. I like that that understand that uh interpretation. Okay, and so I guess when I'm looking at coloring book, you know, I guess I can I can see that there was some industry backing in terms of the production value and just how it compared to his previous work. Um, but that's that's enough of that for now, I guess. Um, so let's transition to the big day, the big flop. I I just I just don't know what to say about this. Okay, so when the day de- the day de- it was known as a debut studio album. But when he dropped this album, it was met with a lot of critical reception. You know, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, you know, they listened to it once. I listened to my to it once. And you know, I was expecting, like, something, none other. Like, okay, this man, you know, I came from Coloring Book. I listened to Acid Rap. I listened to 10 Day. I'm ready to hear what Chance has to say for me. I listened to that album once. I haven't listened to it again since. I, I don't remember any of the songs on the album. No one blames bro. No one like, blames. I don't remember anything about the album. It's, like, erased from my memory. I remember the John Witherspoon interlude. That was cool, because John yeah. Witherspoon, R.I.P. Um, so, but, but let's let's pause for a second. I spent 77 minutes listening to something, talk about his love of his wife. I, I did not need to hear that. Like, I'm, I'm happy you love your wife. But for 77 minutes? Is that how long the album is? Yeah, 77 minutes. I never did. <laughs> I looked that up. 77 minutes, bro. Wow. There's a lot of tracks on there. And you know what's crazy? This album made it debuted at number two on Billboard. What? You're lying. You're lying. Two? But it didn't sound good at all. Like, it's <laughs> sonically. You want to talk about 31520? It's not. 31520's <laughs> definitely better than this album. No. It's sonically displeased. <laughs> Bro, do not argue with this. Ass, bro. No, <laughs> nah, uh, what do you call it? No, good, good. Uh, the big day was interesting. I think there was a couple good samples on there. Like Hot uh, Shower was a good sample, but you know who the only person on the album that should have been on that song that should have been on it? The baby. Everyone else was just didn't make sense. Like this dad rap type shit. I was like, what's going on? Pretty, pretty devastating. Yeah, the um, he, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna explain it to us because I remember being in the group chat and Dylan was like, huh, this is interesting, and I was like, Dylan, don't lie. This is the worst album you've ever heard in your life. And I took a second listen just to be sure I was right, and I just re- you listened to it. that thing twice. I listened to it more than twice, bro. I tried because I was like, you you keep telling me it's gonna be a good album. Let me let me. <laughs> you have to review something a few times, but you know you have to. Yeah. If it sounds like a uh, boo boo the fool, if it sounds like a uh, boo queso on the first listen, then you're not gonna listen to it again. And I and I, and I really tried. I really I, it wasn't like I listened to it the first time and I was like, okay, every song I'm listening to right now is I'm automatically thinking it's trash. I really did legit. I legitimately listened to it, you know, while driving, thinking, listening to every lyric, listening to every the, the production value, listening to what he had to offer, and it just felt it felt so rushed to me. You know, I felt like he was just. And it's funny when I say rushed because this album, you know, you want to guess how long this album took to take estimated. About four to five months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he announced the album on February 12th, 2019. It was released on July 26, 2019. But couldn't he have been working on tracks and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it felt, I don't know. It just felt so spontaneous. It's just announced that he's dropping this album. And then the same year he drops that album, you know, it just, or at least if it wasn't, if it was pushed back to maybe December or November, you know, a time later down that year, it just felt like. I don't know. I, I have my theories about it. I just feel it's weird because 
a month after he announced the album, on March 9th, 2019, he he got married, right? So I feel like there's some correlation between that, the time he got married, and when the album was released, you know? Hence the I Love My Wife like meme that goes on Twitter to this day. I also want to give a little bit of a background going back to his former manager, which uh, I'm not I'm gonna, I'm not going to uh, keep saying his former manager. His name was Pat the Manager Corcoran. That, that was his name, Pat the Manager. Corcoran. I love Pat. The manager. Uh, th- that's when they started having their little disagreements because uh, there was something in the works for chance that the manager brought in. We'll get into that after we talk about the big day. So I think the big day was probably made as like a big fuck you to the uh, manager. Mm -hmm. And that's why the album sonically felt like it was rushed. It felt like uh, it was just patchwork. It was just all put together, uh, however, and there wasn't really much uh, care Mm -hmm. put into the album, how the album was made. So uh, that's at least that's my theory. Right. I think from what what I researched on it was that – you know, he he did give him advice, managerial advice, telling him, hey, you shouldn't drop this album so soon. You know, we need to plan all this stuff out, make sure we have a system going. But Chance was very much on the end of, like, let's just release it out. You know, um, I got so many things going on. I want to get this album out as soon as possible. Because of, cause I think he was still riding on the high from the coloring book, in my theory. You know, on the high of, like, I'm Chance the Rapper. I've been so well known. Like, my name alone will make this album just pop off, you know. And so because of that, Pat unknowingly was aware that he announced the album was released is gonna drop in July, and so because of that, in the combination with a multitude of other things, you know, it results in an album that Pat described as subpar quality. You know, and apparently also with the lawsuit, Chance owes him about three million dollars of missed commission. You know, what's up with him and Kanye not paying people, bro? Kanye, (laughs) I don't know, man. They make they make good money. I don't know what the issue is with not paying them, and so. And so now, like, Chance kind of, like, had his, has his dad and his brother doing his managerial work for his, lab- is out his label, and I'm just, and whatever it is, but it's still kind of crazy to me. And Pat was saying, hey, I want my money, my three mil, but Pat, but the dad's, like, giving him a counteroffer of, like, 350K. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, just pay the man and get on with your life. I just, I don't know. I think there's a little bit more to that, and I'll get into it, but I want to go back to the big day. And uh, just completely destroyed that album because the album was so bad that the ticket sales didn't reach the quota, and he had to cancel the tour. That's how bad, bro. That's how bad it got. No, no, no. He with his family, bro. Oh, that's oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. He he had a new he had a newborn on the way. He didn't want to miss out on their life. You know, family's important. His wife. Uh, I'm going to add on to what you're about to continue on, Dylan. But uh, the ticket sales were so abysmal that a marketing move was made that there was a two-for-one special on concert tickets on the Cyber Monday sale for his tour. Yes, I, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> a two-for-one special. How many times have you seen that in your lifetime? A two-for-one special for a concert. How much? I mean, um, what's it called? There, I mean, rappers do interesting things with tickets. This is a... But like, uh, was it Nicki Minaj was bundling album sales with her ticket sales, I think? I think Travis Scott did that too, yeah. Yeah, Travis Scott was doing something similar. Like people were like mumbling merch. Like you buy their merch, you get a ticket that counts as a sale. But a two for one? Yeah, I think I think that's yeah, I think that's different. A two for one just straight up tickets. That is crazy. Yeah, that's that's more wild to me than just like adding on merch in addition to tickets. So yeah. Uh uh Big Day 
I listened to it last night again, uh, reluctantly. I did not want, I literally stared at my laptop for 10 minutes. It's a sad movie. But I had to for the sake of this uh, episode. And I'm not going to take too much time. He still did try to continue down the soulful rap path, but subpar lyrics, corny rhymes, similes. You can tell he's been spending a lot of time with his, uh, his kid because a lot of uh, cartoon raps, a lot of anime raps, which, you know, I don't mind, but make it sound good. Because real, real rare, like Super Saiyan Man. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What? Hot Shower then, reference. I want to talk about in, in Hot Shower. That's what he said. Yeah, it's in Hot Shower. Break that down for me, Denzel. What does it mean? What, what, what does that mean? Say, say the lyric again, Dylan. Real, real rare, like Super Saiyan Mango. That's what he I said. Thought, I thought it was like real, real rare, like Super Saiyan Hair. No, it's Mango. Mango? Hey. But I, I'm guessing he's saying, you know, Saiyans because most of their planet was ab- their planet was obliterated. There's not very many left. So if we interpret that in a Dragon Ball Z lore, um, Super Saiyan hair, Super Saiyans are a very rare, are a very rare breed already, because very few people could do turn Super Saiyan. So I don't know. I don't know. That 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 that's lame as hell though. And then two two more corny lines for y'all. This is just from the intro. <laughs> My next got eight legs like Daddy Long. Oh, I got no legs. <laughs> And I'm about to book a show at the Dimsdale Dimmodome. <laughs> He's really got nowhere else to perform. This man. Cr- These lyrics. Is this English? It's literally, it's literally dad rap, Marone. That's what they called it. This album was literally dad rap. Like all the dads were like, "Oh, this is this is the jam I get to." It was like, no, that was terrible. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say, he lost the street edge. Like he, he literally did not. The only song I think was the one with his brother. Where he was talking about uh, them growing up, mm-hmm. as far as like, the street life is concerned, but that that song sucked too. And uh, <laughs> clever lines were gone. He he substituted clever lines for corny lines, and all that was what drew me to Chance and made him widely celebrated by uh, a lot of his fan base. And he still has a a big fan base uh, respect to him. So, uh, but. It doesn't get me up off, out, out of my seat anymore. So we're, we're also salty, Denzel. If you remember, we tried to see him at Jambalaya in Dallas a few years ago. Oh yeah, and he decided to hurt his leg right before, like during a basketball game. He, he, no one decides to hurt their leg. He still performed. He he he, he 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 moved around a little bit. For me, for me, that's respect. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he, I think he's a still good, a, a pretty good performer. I don't think he's ever been a bad performer. Think he's not like schoolboy Q, who's like, ah, I'm just here. <laughs> Stop. A background for our listeners: uh, the three of us and uh, our manager <laughs> went to uh, Jambalaya twenty. Was it 2016? Yeah, 2016 yeah, or 2017? Yeah, 2016, 2017. I don't remember. But Chance was headlining uh, that night. That lineup was great too because they had it had Migos. It had Gucci Mane. Uh, there was Lil Uzi, Michael. Uh, <laughs> Snow the product. Yeah, Snow the product as well. Ooh. So black, six like. Well. Yeah, six black. Yeah, Don't tell me six black. Like. It's black. Um, you know, I felt like the big day overall. It was just I've yet to meet someone who's who generally told me this album was a good album. And you know, there might be there's probably people out there who like the album. And I'm not and I'm not discrediting discrediting the listeners that like the album, you know. We're just here to give our opinion, you know. We just don't give a fuck about our well, we get the opinions we give to you guys, you know. Um, you know, that's all it is right here. So, you know, at the time when the album, you know, the album came out, I listened to it that one time and I still as I said before, 
barely remember anything about it. I didn't listen to it a second time. I like Dylan. You know, Dylan did it, did it for you guys because he, he appreciates you guys. He loves you guys. I love you guys too, but I just I don't love you guys that much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I feel like when it came down to Chance's street cred, a lot of things were being weird, like, happening to him, especially with social media stuff. You know, like, whenever he started promoting Kanye to vote to become president and promote, like, hey, vote for whatever your mama's voting for, he literally was blocking people just because they were saying, hey, you know, these people should do their research before they choose who they want to vote, and he was blocking them. He was blocking these people on Twitter. I'm like, what is going on? This is not you at all. Like, what? I mean, him and Terry Crews, you know, they have a lot in common. Oh, so. yeah, that whole debacle with Terry Crews, too. I hey, forgot about that. A harsh comparison. <laughs> I like, yeah, by the way, I like Terry, Terry. Crews. I like Terry. Is, oh, he kind of, he, I don't even kind of. He deferred away a lot of votes, you know, especially whenever that time, uh, we know, the Trump-Biden administration battles that was going on. Um, so much so that, you know, Kanye ended up getting about 60,000 votes in total. So 60,000 people voted for Kanye thinking he'd become president of the United States. Okay. So, you know, he also, you know, like I said before, he also tweeted to his followers to vote for whoever your mom voted for. And people argued to educate themselves. He got mad and ugly and blocked them, you know, so much so that, you know, there was a point where there was this Twitter account, All Love Hip Hop, which commented about the fall of Chance and Chance proceeded to reply, you are obsessed and you are white. What, 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 what kind of rebuttal is that? There's probably a teenager that he's arguing with. Right, like, why are you arguing with this, like, the account? Because you, as as big as you are, you need to be accepting any type of criticism you're receiving, or criticism you're receiving, or, you know, positive or negative. And so it's kind of crazy to me that he's replying with such a, like, in a childish way. It's kind of like, come on, dude. Like, how, how, you're like 26, you say you're married, your life is perfect. The album said so. The Big Day said you're perfect. Your life's perfect. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think I think that comes down to a maturation, like a mature thing, right? Because we talk about Ten Day. He came out, you know, he's, he's been famous for what five, seven, ten years almost. Yeah, he's like, barely he's, he's our age, literally. Yeah, you're like, what twenty five. So he's been out and since eighteen, seventeen. So you know, he was a kid in the spotlight, and who knows how well he's like how well he's been able to mature while being, you know, famous. So, I, and a lot of these people are. It doesn't matter if he's Christian, super Christian or not. He's still he's still going to have an ego. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that he he just needs better management, in my opinion. So what? it is surprising that he would lash out on Twitter like that. Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, I think as of the – we already mentioned, right, that as of two days ago, there's a counter suit, right? With Yeah, I wanted to mention just a little bit more about that, uh, provide a little bit more yeah, detail. Yeah, go ahead, Dylan. I got this off of a website called musicbusinessworldwide.com. So if you want to read more about what the – lawsuit entails uh, they have more information on that website just long story short his former manager uh, has sued him and uh, we mentioned it earlier in the episode for uh, three mil over unpaid commissions and uh, for breach of contract uh, other things as well and that was uh, this past fall chance has recently countersued him from one million in damages so uh, as uh, his manager is saying oh they haven't paid him revenue from his uh, merch sales from album sales coloring book and the big day so that's from the manager's side mm. and from chance's side they're uh, noting that he was supposed to be the uh, face of a company that uh, helped independent artists grow their fan base and grow their brand so chance was going to be the face of that uh, he was uh 
communicating with uh, Steve Stout, mm. who's a really big, really big yes. mogul in the uh, music industry. So he was, and Steve Stout is one of the owners of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yes, it was, a, uh, it was a company that would support independent artists. Chance had a deal to be the face of that. And he was going to have a seat on the board of directors. And that was pretty much going to spurn his former manager because his former manager was not part of that deal. He wasn't going to receive anything from that. So his manager just kept uh, coming at Steve Stout and trying to get in on the deal. And Steve Stout was like, no, I'm not having any of that. Steve Stout reached out to Chance. He said, check your boy. And then that's when he just broke the deal off. Steve Stout broke the deal off. So Chance wasn't able to make that deal. Mm-hmm. And his manager uh, or former manager came back to Chance and saying, okay, well, I have these other business ventures if you're not going to do that. Pretty much just detailing I wanted to spurn this opportunity that only you were going to benefit from and then bring you an opportunity that both of us would benefit from. That's, that's snakish, that's snakish uh, behavior to me, but it's also a little bit of he said, she said, because they're both suing each other. Right. Right. Just to conclude for me, I think chance is going through a rough patch in his life. It seems like, so I just want to give him the space and hopefully he comes back and makes good music again. Mm-hmm. Throughout his journey, Denzel, Adon, I feel like his features have just been getting better and better, better, no matter how bad his album was, maybe except for recently <laughs> with that cousin thing. Yeah. But uh, he's always been like killer. So Yeah, he had this uh, one, uh, just real, real quick, he had this one recent track with Wyclef and Vic Mensa. Mm-hmm. Oh, very well on it and was talking about two uh, black people that were gunned down by the police at Philando Castile and oh, I think wow. someone else. I just uh, saw the music video for that song. I know you're talking about. So it, it was a good one. I was like, okay, this is the old chance. So hopefully he comes back. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for the same, you know. And so I guess that concludes to my question, you know, will Chance get out of this, you know, I guess, I guess sort of slump that he's had since the big day. I think so. I think he'll get back and bounce back into what he is, but I don't think he'll be the same chance you'll see from acid rapper 10 day, but I think it'll be a, I think he'll be better than big day. I don't think he'll ever hit that low, that low again. You know, I think he'll recover from this personally. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. Uh, I don't have much faith. Once he gets, he's washed. Once you have kids, it's over, but, uh, we'll, uh we'll no, no, I don't, I, I'm arguing against that. Joking because J. Cole has two kids. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think uh, I think you're right, Denzel, that he he may come back. I think he still has a rapping ability. He doesn't sound like he's fallen off, like, mechanically, technically. Mm-hmm. It is really about a, a state of mind. We don't know his state of mind, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of – what he comes out with next, basically. He's never going to drop a mixtape again because I still believe that he is corporate as hell. He's never going to give you free music. It's – it's he. I don't know what he's going to do. He's selling merch right now. Yeah. So that's what he, that's his, it seems to be his business. He's probably still making a lot of money off that merch. Yeah, also, he, he was making a lot of money off the three caps alone. Yeah. Three caps. And also and then, money yeah. from uh, Rhythm and Flow. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah, he's busy, so, man. So, yeah, for me, Chance has the talent and the cleverness to bounce back and to, I wouldn't say save his career because, I mean, his big day debuted at number two, so he's still making a lot of money off of that album but uh as far as quality of his raps his lyrics mm-hmm. his song i he has he has the ability to bounce back personally do i think he'll bounce back not to the level he was at exactly yeah acid rap and color and even color and book because i still think color and book was a, a pretty big high for him because hell he won a win mm-hmm. 
I don't think he'll ever bounce back to that level, but he can bounce back to a level where it's like, okay, you're still one of the best in the rap game. Yeah, so I definitely agree with both of y'all's opinions, you know, about how Chance will progress in the future. But, you know, I think we've hit that point. And so this will be the end of the podcast for today. My name is Denzel. I hope you guys enjoyed me hosting for today. You know, I hope I did okay. Let me know. Always, you know, much love and appreciation. E Sizzle, bro. What's your uh, what's your at, bro? Like, what, what, oh yeah, so my at will be D O T O K U N R I N, and that is for my Instagram. And then for my Twitter, it's going to be at O M G. It's Denzel. Yeah, hey, this is Maron, aka Maron, uh, aka Doctor Good Day at Twitter. Follow me. I don't, I don't even use that app, bro. <laughs> but <laughs> no, Facebook is honestly an easier way to find. You need to make a Twitter for real. I mean, uh, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, you, older, so you still use Facebook. That's a fact. Well, uh, if MySpace didn't get shut down. Um, yeah, but yeah, so you can find me there. Or MySpace? Nah, no. Nah. <laughs> Bro, nah, yeah. this man linking his MySpace already? All right. Find me on Twitter. We're there. bringing it back. And uh, before I give my personal socials, uh, us as Tempo Tribe do have our Instagram and Twitter account up. Yo, is so, our Twitter account back? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah uh, you, you hijacked it, remember? Good story. Uh, this man here, uh, the uh, Eritrean uh, uh, man, <laughs> the, the, the Eritrean third, was out of our Twitter account the night we were gonna drop our first episode. <laughs> so, so what? What this man is leaving out, Denzel? You even drink that water? What are you drinking? Look, the, he lying because we had my finger was on the button to change the birthday uh-huh. on our Twitter bio to the day that the first podcast was recorded. I was like, oh, this, this is gonna be cool, symbolic, January. 20- <laughs> And then the, the little warning popped up. was like, yo, you can't be under the age of 13. You're like, so we, we tried to cancel it, refreshed it, and then it just locked us out. Yeah, I can't lie. I can't lie. I co-signed. But it made no I, sense. I that, so so yeah, Twitter, get at me. Eh, whatever. Yeah. But uh, anyways, you oh, can follow God. us underscore tribe on Instagram and Twitter. That's tempo underscore tribe on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok is coming soon. Oh. We'll be making videos for y'all soon. Probably. Videos. Yes. Yes. I'm kidding. But also I do want to send a special shout out to those who listened to episode one and gave us, you know, their responses to episode one. You guys are, you guys are the reason we do this and we continue to do this and we love and appreciate every single one of you guys. Yeah, and please be critical. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Exactly. So, you guys think it's too long? You don't think it's too short? If you have suggestions, uh, fan letters. I don't want to call y'all fans. But if you want to do yeah. a guest feature, hit up our manager. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Dylan. I'm Denzel. I'm Marone. And this is the Tempo Tribe signing off. Peace. Do what makes you happy. One love. Yeah. Yeah.